Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Our high king forever. It's about you, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you. We worship you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. On all of our campuses, why don't you take a seat right quick. How you doing, church? Uh, it's so good to see so many of you on all 14 of our locations. want to welcome you, and especially if you're new with us. I know a bunch of people are kind of filtering back into church, and they're coming along. So uh, would you help me welcome those folks that are here for the very first time? We're excited about the month of May. We're gonna, we're gonna begin to turn, and you've probably already heard this, and talk about marriage this entire month. But before we do that, I wanna celebrate something with you. Next week's Mother's Day, heads up. And if you got a kid in Kids Spring next week, I want you to know we're gonna be giving out a brand new resource called the Bite Size Bible. I'm holding one in my hand right here. The reason I wanna tell you about it, and I'm gonna take a moment, I'm actually gonna honor Sherry Duffy sitting right over there. I know she doesn't like all that, but Sherry and her team have done a fantastic job, and uh, this is a decisive discipleship tool for mamas and daddies. It gets the actual bottom line of each book of the Bible so that you, mom and dad, I know many of our campuses right here in Anderson, we got to celebrate a mom and dad baptizing their daughter this morning, and we love that, and we want to help you love your kids well. And so next week, don't miss out on this, and man, we've got a lot of things going on for the next generation, but we're now going to turn and celebrate and talk about marriage for the next couple of months, or next couple of months, next couple of weeks, so the month of May. But to start us off, I'm gonna sit down and take notes because we've got a friend of ours that's coming to share his story, his testimony about how the Lord can speak into a resurrection marriage moment where it looks like it's dead. But how many of you guys know on every single campus that God speaks life into dead places? And so you're going to love this pastor. I'm going to get out of his way so he can absolutely cut loose and you're going to have fun and laugh a little bit. But would you help me welcome on all of our campuses, Pastor Dino Rizzo. All right, let's clap our hands for Jesus one more time. Come on. At every location online. What a great day to be alive. What's going on, New Spring? What an honor it is to be here. I can't believe I get to be here. I love this church. I've always loved this church. I had such respect for all that you are about in reaching people. I love your heart for people. I was not raised in church. Uh, we were not church-going people. And uh, I thank God for a church that when I did show up in a church, they gave me a pathway. And that's what this house is all about, doing everything you can to connect people. And you make it easy for, to be a part of the families. You see, just with the baptism, and all the things that are happening in the four-year course at every location where you can connect and you can be a part of a group. I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't for a small group. And I know we're trying to get back in small groups and things are opening up. And I just want to encourage you to do relationship or find a team to serve on. I know you have so many new spring teams where you can serve and be a part of this family. So thanks a lot. And I get to see your generosity. I'm a part of a church planning group. We plant churches. So I get to see your giving uh, firsthand and to, to young couples that want to do this. They want to open up churches in other locations and do life and, and, and reach people. And so because of your faithfulness and your tithe and offering and every time you go online to give or you do text to give, all those kind of ways, you're helping us plant churches. So, of course, you do that locally, all the ways that you express generosity, hands and feet of Jesus in every city, what you do around the world. But thanks a lot for helping us to say yes to couples because you say yes to giving and you say yes uh, to being generous. We get to, say, we get to look at a couple who wants 
wants to go plant a church in Idaho, wants to go plant a church in South Dakota. We say, yeah, you go plant that church because the people of New Spring, they love you, they care about you. So I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your generosity. So it's awesome to be here. I want to welcome all those who've joined us online and at one of your many campuses. I, my goodness, you're just reaching people. And special big welcome to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Come on. I'm class 82, Myrtle Beach High. I'm a Seahawk. Where are you at, Grand Strand? Hey, can we clap our hands for all the folk in Myrtle Beach? Brother raised in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Born in Charlotte, moved over to Myrtle Beach. So I am a beach kid, Carolina boy. And I was reached because a church in Dillon, South Carolina, did an outreach at the beach. And they partnered with Campus Crusade. And they did an outreach down there in Myrtle Beach. And I came to Christ. And so grateful for churches like this who go outside the walls of their church and reach People And my senior year, I came here to Clemson football camp, 1981. And I believe because of my contribution uh, in football camp as a senior, I helped that first national championship really in 1981. I could say something about that since we were here that senior year uh, leading into to our high school senior year football year. So we love, we love this church. I thank God for the leadership of this church all these years of just being able to see what God is doing and being able to become friends with Pastor Brad the last couple years and the leadership team being with them. I can tell you this, you got a great leadership team. I love your pastors. I thank God for Pastors Brad and Corey. They are the real deal. They love God. They love you. I was praying for them this morning. I thank God for their integrity. I thank God for their humility. I thank God for how they, you know, teach God's word. Pastor Brad is an incredible communicator. I like everybody on the team other than Dan Leanne because he beat me in golf yesterday. So I don't really care for him much, but I like everybody else. Can we clap our hands for our pastors and this leadership team? You got good people here. They are the real deal. You are in good hands. I'm going to tell you this. When I pastored in 20, I pastored for 20 years in Baton Rouge, and now we've relocated to Birmingham the last eight years and uh, with a great pastor, Chris Hodges. Of course, a church like this, multiple locations, seeing people baptized, seeing people take next steps. So when God gives you the gift of a pastor, who loves his word, loves you, and they love each other. It's a gift from God. And so you're blessed as a church to have uh, your pastors and this leadership team. And we're so thrilled to come alongside of them. And uh, our family greets you. I love this series that you're in, Resurrection Life. It's my story. It's the story of our family. And then being able to move right over into this thought throughout the month with the idea of tested love, how important that is. And I do believe God brings dead things back to life. I believe the same resurrection power in Jesus Christ can happen to every one of our lives and all of our marriages. I'm living proof of that. And so uh, I wanted you to meet my wife. She couldn't be here with us this weekend, but uh, I, she, she made a video. We've been married 33 years. She Cajun now. She don't play with y'all. She ain't going to play with you. She's Cajun. She'll cook a meal, but if you roll up in her front yard, mess with her kids, she will fight you and go to jail. She is not scared. She's a Louisiana girl. I'm Italian. So a lot, a lot of energy going on in our life. But I want you to see a greeting from my, my wife, Delenn. She wants to say hey to this family. Hello, New Spring Church. I am Delenn Rizzo, and we are so honored that my husband Dino is there to share with you this weekend. We've been praying for this weekend and want you to know how much we love you and your church and your pastors. I know you've been in a series about resurrection life, and that is something that is very dear to my heart. Not only is it my own story of trusting in God's resurrection power, 
but for my life since I was a little girl, but also it's the story of our marriage, family, and calling. Sometimes in life you have to start over. You have to believe God for a new beginning and a fresh start. And we've experienced that firsthand. And I'm believing that you're going to experience that in your life today. I wish I could be with you today, but our daughter just finished her sophomore year at college at Alabama and is coming home this weekend. But we love you and we're praying for you. Lean into God's Word. And I know He's going to do something so special, something great. And He's going to bring resurrection life to every person every marriage, every blended family, every single and single again. We love you. Oh, that's my girl, my girl, my girl. So this, we, we love you. We feel like family. I'm kind of one of those guys. I make myself at home about everywhere I go. I may show up at your house this afternoon. Man, I'll sit up on your sofa. I will get in your refrigerator when you don't even ask me to. I will use your toilet. I am not scared. And so I'm just one of those guys uh, and, and grateful. And, and I brought a picture of our family. Here's a, here's a picture of our family. It's the Rizzo's right there. That is a miracle family. Our, our son who is in Birmingham, our, our, our daughter right there. She graduated from LSU, so she's an LSU fan. She married a boy that's a Roll Tide Alabama fan, so they're having marital football issues at this moment. And then that's our lovely daughter, Isabella. She goes to Alabama. And so that's our family, and the Rizzos love you. Hey, I want to jump in the Word. I want to talk right out of this idea of resurrection life and bridge it over to a tested love. And uh, I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of there's still life. There's still life. Let's all pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in church today across every campus, those watching online. Lord, thank you, Father, that you're, you are bringing dead things back to life. Thank you, Lord, for your word, the truth of your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who helps us. Lord, talk to every person today. Speak to every heart. Lord, we lean into you. We thank you that's not by accident that we're, we're joined together. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, even through the worship and the prayer and all the things that are happening through church life, Lord, let there be a turnaround in our life. Let there, let there be resurrection power. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our pastors. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. Why not you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. So good to see you. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you, you could use a little church, my friend. You, this is all for you. I love that phrase, there's still life. It comes right out of a scripture in Acts chapter 20. I love Acts chapter 20. It's an incredible story about a young man by the name of Eutychus, Eutychus. And uh, what I love about it is it's a simple story. It's a, it's a clear story. It's an accurate story. I, I like when things are clear and accurate. And I, I don't like complication. I don't, I, I don't want to come to church or, or in my life be confused. I want someone to give me a clear picture. And I don't think there's a, a clearer picture or a clearer illustration in the Bible of how God can bring uh, things that have died, things that are dead, things that have deceased or feel dormant or, 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 or feel like they're done. It's just done. Our, my marriage is done. My, my future's done. My, my relationship with my kids are done and, and, and we're done. I, I don't think there's a better picture uh, when, when we feel like things have been destroyed or things have been taken from us where God brings life into those things again. 
And I think it speaks to us right now in our world. It's the story of my life. It's the story of our marriage. It's the story of our family. It's the story of of how God has called us to serve. So I want to jump right into it. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. I'll read it slow so it'll marinate in each of our hearts. It says, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people because he intended to leave the next day but kept on talking into midnight. So he had an intention. It was going to go one way, but then he got excited. Sometimes a preacher will get fired up. Just, I'm going to go a little longer. You know, have you ever been to a meeting that they said it was going to be 15 minutes and three hours later, you're still trying to figure out how am I going to get out of here? Or, or somebody asked you to come help them move. And two weeks later, you're still boxing up things. Sometimes things don't go the way you think they're going to go. And so that night goes a little longer. It says that he was going to leave the next day but then he kept on talking into midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting. And then I love how it switches gears here. Seated in a window was a young man by the name of Eutychus. Eutychus, that, that his name actually means highly favored, a, a favored one. Young man by the name of Eutychus who was sinking, it's an interesting word, sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. Uh, Paul was a long-winded preacher. He, he had a hard time just wrapping up a sermon. And, you know, right when he was about to end, he just thought, man, I, I, got, I, need, I, need, to go, I need to go a little longer. I need to, how many of you have ever gone to uh, coffee with someone and, and you're just hoping, man, can they, can they just stop for just a second? Can they just take a breath so I can kind of figure out a way how to break into this conversation, how to wrap this thing up? Paul just kept going on and on. And Eutychus was sitting there and I don't know how long he'd been up that day. I don't know how many five-hour energy drinks he had had. And he's just sitting there. And you know when that sleep comes on, you're trying to adjust and trying to, you know, just, just do anything to stay awake. He's falling into a deep sleep. And as Paul talked on and on, when he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story, sitting in a window, falls out of the window. And when he hits, he fell to the third story and was picked up dead. Middle of Paul's preaching. Says Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him, told everybody, don't be alarmed. He said, he's still alive. Afterwards, watch, watch what happened. This is a good preacher right here. Afterwards, he went back upstairs. They had communion and he kept on preaching. Can I have a good amen? Just hold on, I'm on point 37. I, I got to get to point 60 here in a second. Just kept on preaching. But look what happens. Says the people though, took the young man home alive. I think this is interesting. And everyone was, was comforted. People were greatly comforted by this story. I think there's comfort and help in this story. Can I have a good amen from New Spring? Well, I love this story. I think there's so many things in it that speak to us. A lot of people, when you, when you, when you look at this story, I've heard it preached before, and it's basically the dangers of not falling asleep in church. You know, preacher gonna preach it, man. Don't look what you fall asleep in church, you could die. I mean, basically, that's kind of the bore. I've heard a preach like that. Don't don't sleep on my sermons. Don't don't sleep on my, my what I'm giving you. But I think there's a lot to it. And, and uh, you know, I'm getting older, so I fall asleep at different times. I I, I love. I'm 56 years old. I love being 56. Uh, you know, I, people stop being. Uh, when I was preaching today, I said I was 56. A lady came up to me. She said, "Well, here's the good news. 56 is the new 36." 
I said, no, it's not. It's 56. I'm 56. Get over it. And so I like being 56. A couple things about when you get older, you can kind of say what you want. People just kind of excuse it like, well, bless his heart. He's, he's, he's getting older. He, he just say things that get away with it. Then the other thing is you fall asleep kind of when you want. Sometimes I just say stuff to, you know, my kids and I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. It's amazing. And, uh, but sometimes you'll fall asleep. So I fall asleep a lot. You put me in a car, I'm going to fall asleep. Uh, the other day I was in a boat, fell asleep. Uh, I'll fall asleep in a chair. I'll fall asleep, uh, you know, if you get me in a, I'm, I'm a fall asleep. Uh, I, I fall asleep on planes constantly. I'm, I'm asleep before we take off. I will snore on a plane. Ain't no shame to my gain. I ain't afraid. I snore all over that plane. I, 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 I like, a, a while back, I, I'd gone to lunch and when I was pastoring in, in Baton Rouge. And, man, we had a big old etouffee and had us a fried catfish and came on back, had a counseling session. It's, it's late now afternoon about two o'clock it's hot in that room I'm sitting in a comfortable chair how many knows I'm about to fall into a spirit of slumber yes Lord send the spirit of slumber and I'm sitting in that chair a lady comes in from down in Houma Louisiana she Cajun lady she starts talking to me and she's got that voice you know somebody who talks to you and it sounds like a sleep machine so like a rainforest, just ba da 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 And with that rainforest sound and me sitting, in, I fell asleep in the middle of a counseling session. Gone, not like just kind of cross-eyed, not, no, no, I'm gone asleep. But, and I'm, I'm out, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm dreaming, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in the rainforest, uh, uh, and, and I hear somebody saying something to me, Pastor Dino, Pastor Dino, and I realize I have fallen asleep in counseling. What do you do when you fall asleep in counseling? You just wake up. She looked at me, she said, you fell asleep in counseling when I was telling you all my problems. I said, oh, no, no, I was praying, praying. Lord Jesus. What's crazy, she just, she didn't get mad at me. She didn't send me an email. She just kept on talking. Sometimes falling asleep in certain places can be dangerous. I love everything about this story. Eutychus fell asleep in a wrong spot at a wrong time. I don't believe that was his plan. I don't believe when he got invited to the meeting and he got included into that incredible environment that he thought, I'm going to go there. I'm going to sit out on an outer edge. I'm going to, I'm going to sit on a ledge and, and, and I'm going to, I plan on falling asleep and falling some 20, 30 feet out of a window and breaking my neck and dying tonight. That's, that's my plans when I go to church. I do not believe that was what he intended to do, but he fell asleep in the wrong spot. When I think about this scripture and I think about our world, I think about our marriages and I think about our relationships and I think about the things that are happening around us and the, and the pressure and sometimes the stress and, and the change that we've all been through even in the last 15 months and the, the different things that we've navigated as a, as a church or a family or, or in our workplace or in our neighborhoods, all these different things, what I have found out is if we're not careful, we live in a world and, and the enemy of our soul wants to do everything we can to cause us to fall asleep on the wrong things. And if we're not careful, we fall asleep in places and, and on people where we should be very awake. We can find ourselves drifting off. It's a reality to be able to stay awake and to stay aware of the things that are important. 
and to not sleep on our marriage or to sleep on our kids or to sleep on our finances or to sleep on the dream or, or the things of God, to go to sleep on those things, but to be aware, to make sure that we're careful it comes to how we live our life. I remember when Starbucks opened in Louisiana years ago, and I got excited about it. I'd go over to the new Starbucks. It was in a little shopping area, and they built a little patio where people were sitting. I'd never seen anything like it. Dogs are out there. People have got their family, their own computer, listening to AirPods. They're blogging. They're, they're chatting, and it's just so cool. And I started going over there. And, you know, in those days, when Starbucks was new, you just walked in. You felt kind of cool, like, how you doing? What's up? Let me have a grande, <laughs> macchiata, white chocolate. I mean, just, you know, back in the day, you just said, can I have a coffee? Now you get to go in there and just say, hey, can I have a chai? Academic, I'm an academic, I'm, I'm have a chai tea. It's just so cool. I, I so enjoyed going there and, you know, it was new and they were building some things around it. One morning I got up and I was, went out, you know, lifted. I did some exercise, just it was just for a moment. It was just a moment. It was a little bit of exercise. I walked by a machine and waved at a cardio machine, and then I got a smoothie. It was a, it was a heavy workout that morning, just some heavy lifting. And I got done. I was feeling a little weak, feeling a little, whoo. Got out of my car. I was in a hurry. Had a bunch of things in my hand. I was going to run, get me a coffee, go meet with somebody. I start running. I'm running now. Big man running. Let me just tell you one thing. You see a big man running, get your phone out. It's about to be funny. We're about to make a TikTok right now. It's big man running. Big man running across the park. I'm going in between cars. Brother, all agile. Like I'm a defensive back, just running, moving. You know, and all of a sudden, man, I hit a, a curb that the day before was not there. I hit that curb. And this is how this works. When you get mass equals a little bit of speed. It's called a train wreck. I ate it. I mean, I crashed. I hit hard. Like, I didn't catch myself well. I, phone, computer, drink, keys, everything. And when I hit, I hit, and I didn't stop. I rolled like 20 feet all up where people were sitting and there were dogs covering their eyes and there were parents that were grabbing their children. They were screaming. I traumatized about 30 people out there blogging. I hit hard. I, and when I hit and I thought, man, I hurt myself. I got up, man, my knee, my elbow, my head. I was embarrassed, broke my phone, couldn't find my keys. I mean, I crashed and hit hard. I did not intend to. I was not expecting that curve. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what happened. Do you know what in life, sometimes things do not turn out the way you think they're going to turn out. Sometimes there are unexpected things that, that happen in life. Sometimes there are intentions that are not met. There are expectations that are not met. There are, there's pain that you go through and, and, and all these different things, and whether it's in a marriage or life, because you, know, you get married and you think, man, this is, we're just so alike. Just so, I remember the other day I did a pre-marriage counseling and, you know, when I, I sat down and a couple comes in and they scoot the chairs together. Number one, don't scoot my chairs. Y'all, y'all ain't pay for them chairs. They're my chair. They got to get near each other. Go hold hands the whole time during pre-marriage counseling. I'm like, what that, you know, is there, I asked this question, is there anything that y'all could work on or is there any challenges or is there anything he can do better or she could do better? The Lord is my witness. 
She looked at him and she said, he's perfect. Okay, I'm about to vomit right now because you're going to make me vomit now. How many knows that's not so? And life is just, it's di- you're different. My wife and I, we have different love languages. You know, she is, she's time spent. I'm gift giving. She's wanting to spend time. I'm like, can I write a check? I mean, are we good? I mean, we're just, we're just different. You get married or, or you have children or, you, or you, you, you go into life and things are not the way you think they're going to be. And, and then communication and, and, and the pull and all these things happen in life. Sometimes there's a crash. Sometimes there's an edge and a ledge. Sometimes there's a drift. Happens in life. Sometimes there's seasons of life. There's times, there's pain, there's change. There's addiction, there's anxiety, there's, there's hurt, there's trauma, there's others. There's weights that we carry. There's things that all of a sudden that we're now having to navigate that we never had to navigate before in our life, and if we're not careful, we could crash and trip, fall and get hurt and hurt others. That happened to me 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I I fell out of a window. I I sat on an edge and a ledge and I let myself get so unhealthy. I was in a hurry in my life and just hurrying through life and trying to get everything done that I needed to get done. And I was running hard, running so hard, taking my eyes off of the thing that mattered. Letting my devotional life and holding too much in my hands and trying to fix too many things and tired and not paying attention to the things that are most important. Spending more time at, you know, on other people's problems than maybe my, my own soul and my own spirit and, 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 and neglecting my own kitchen table when I was out trying to help other people's kitchen table. And I like you to kiss. I fell out of a window of burnout and fell out of a window where I took my eyes off of God and I took my eyes off of my family and took my eyes off of my spouse and took my eyes off of my calling. I put my eyes on myself. You know what happens when you do that? Guess what? You get deceived about life. Then there's no tellings, the pain, the trauma, and the hurt that you cause and that you create in your own life. And I walked through those days for a season of my life. But I'm grateful for God's word that brings dead things back to life. That brings resurrection power. You know what I found out? I have found out that when you live your worst day, God Almighty is okay. I found out that when you live your worst moment, that God's faithfulness and God's grace and God's mercy can can still show up. And I love what Paul did in these moments. I love what Paul did. Happened in my life. I thank God for the family of God and my wife and my friends and people in my life that believed and told the truth and came alongside. You made bad decisions. Paul came down. And, and I love that he didn't stand over Eutychus and said, Okay, I'm gonna do an object lesson. This is what happens when you fall asleep when I preach. Now let's go back upstairs. Let's leave Eutychus here dead. 
Let's all go back upstairs because I'm going to preach for six more hours. I'm glad they didn't go down and say, Eutychus so bad. Look what Eutychus, look at Eutychus. No, 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 no. He did some things. He made some decisions to, for resurrection life. He made some decisions to, to bring hope back to a hurt and to, to, bring, to bring healing to, to a wound and, and to bring life to something that was dead. That's what God does. Because so, sometimes we don't know what, I mean, everyone could have stood around and said, man, R.I.P. Eutychus, R.I.P. Eutychus. And sometimes we look at our marriage and, we, and, and it's like, it, it, let's, let's, it's R.I.P. our marriage. We're not, we're not being there. We're, we're distracted. There's all these different things that we allow in our life and we're hurt. We feel isolated. We feel abandoned. We feel anger. There's infidelity. There's, there's pain. There's trauma. There's, there's you don't care. There's all these things of, of reason why these, our marriages and our lives are, are RIP. But thank God for resurrection life. Changes all those things. We allow it. And sometimes we can't. We don't even know. Thank God for his spirit that makes it happen. I want to give you three things that happen here in this story that I believe are especially helpful for resurrection marriage for our life. Maybe right now something feels dormant. Maybe something right now feels deceased. And we're going to believe God that life, because when, when, when he stood over, he, he, everyone thought it was dead. But Paul said, no, 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 no. I, I know it looks dead. It feels dead. It seems dead. And that crash was pretty, pretty phenomenal. That was a big crash. But Paul said these words, there's still life. That's what I say to every single person, whether it is a marriage or an addiction or a pain or a trauma or a work situation. I'll give it to you. There are three things that happen here in this story that I believe are good application for our life. I believe that can help us bring dead things back. Here's the first thing. You see the Paul came down, which to me tells us that we all need help. Uh, in all of our lives, there are going to be seasons and moments in our, where we need intervention, where, where we need to call uh, for help, where we, we need someone else to come alongside. That's why it's, it's good to be in a church like this where you, where you have pastors and you have small group leaders and, and there's some connections. And, and, and whether you need a counselor or you need someone to come alongside so that you and I know that, that we can't do life alone. Uh, there's a bayou in Louisiana that we say, this is the one you don't want to live on. It's called by yourself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Ain't none but trouble on by yourself. Isolation is not a good thing. You know what I found out? When you get alone in your thoughts, it is a recipe for pain. You want to get it, you, you need, we need help. The other day there was a little wreck on our, one of our main streets in Birmingham. And, you know, I, I, when there's a wreck, I get out of my car. I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed cha traffic chaplain. I just love getting out. Hey, is everybody all right? Y'all good? The other day I jumped out and y'all y'all okay? And the guy said, man, who are you? And I said, man, I'm a, I'm a traffic chaplain. I'm not one, but I act like one. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, praise. Okay, can, okay. And so I kind of took charge of the scene because I just love it. Firemen, please show up and act like I'm one of them. I'm like, what's up, brothers? Situation here. It's a situation. The next thing I know, I'm watching. Man, the firemen can't get the door open. So they go get the jaws of life. 
Oh, I love that machine. He goes over there and it, we put it in there. It's like, wow, door opens. And they get the lady out. And I'm just like, yes, hashtag Joseph life. I mean, I'm loving this. See, that's what church should be. That's what small group is. That sometimes we need the jaws of life in our, in our, in our own world, in our own family, in our own marriage when we've, when we've made a crash of things. Airbag has been deployed. I'm not listened. I'm a bit about myself. Not forgiven. I've not communicated. I've, I've let my life wander. The jaws of life rescues us. First thing is we need help. Here's the second thing that, that I think is incredible is, that is he spoke life. He just spoke life. We need life, resurrection life. Here's what life means to me. Especially for a marriage, I make it an acronym. Here's the first thing. L stands for long-suffering. Everybody needs time. Guess what? We didn't, we didn't, get, in, we, we didn't get in a bind overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. Sometimes we just need time. We need to be patient when everybody has a heal. Patient to get healed. Patient so God could do something. We all deal with pain differently. First thing is, is, is long-suffering. Here's the second thing that I believe brings resurrection life into to a marriage, especially, is intimacy. God restore intimacy. Paul embraced. He went down and embraced Eutychus. <sighs> then you know what the F stands for. It's forgiveness. I forgive you. I'm sorry. There's nobody on the planet that I have said I love you to more than my wife, Delenn. Nobody. Thousands of times. But you know what I've discovered? That anything that you love deeply, you'll probably have to forgive deeply. Or they will have to forgive you deeply. Oh, I've said I love you a lot. But you know what else I've said a lot? I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I was wrong. I remember looking at my wife one day and saying, I took my eyes off of God and I took my eyes off of my family and I put them on myself. Would you forgive me? And over time, she said, I forgive you. There's forgiveness. And then, you know, the last thing is, is to be expectant. Just to, Lord, I believe you're going to turn things around. What did Paul say? Shh, shh, shh. I hear a heartbeat. No, no, he's dead. I hear a heartbeat. The marriage is dead. I hear a heartbeat. My kids are never going to turn their life around. I, I think I hear a heartbeat. This addiction is always going to be in my life. This pain, this trauma, this hurt is always going to be there. I'm never going to change. He's never going to change. She's never going to change. It's dead. R.I.P. my marriage. R.I.P. my family. R.I.P. my dream. And God Almighty says, no, 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 no. I hear a heart beat. There's still life. I say to every, I say to all of us, there's still life. There's still life. If he did it for Eutychus, he did it for Rizzo, he'd do it for you. 
You know one of my favorite shows? I'll finish with this. It's a little show called Home Extreme Home Makeover. Ty Pennington. <laughs> the whole of highlights. I love his highlights, his choker necklaces, his flip-flops, his decorative jeans. Incredible. Shows up in a place. The home is like destroyed. It's a wreck. There's no hope. He shows up and says, what's up? Woo! Load him up on a bus, send him to Disney World. The whole community shows up. Generosity and giving and love and care. And, you know, they're only gone a week and all of a sudden they take this house that has no bedrooms and no plumbing and no AC and you can't live in it. And the community comes together. They remake, they make it over. It was dead. It was gone. They make it over. All of a sudden, the family comes back. They put them on a shuttle. They, they show up at the house. Can't see the house because there's a bus. And Ty, they get out of the, you know, it's like the Jones family. Oh, God, oh, God. You've been to Disney World. It's like mom and dad, three kids. Oh, God. Oh. And they're like, you know, are you see ready? And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, God. And mama's crying. And, you know, it's like, okay, let's have it. Okay, move that bus. Come on, New Spring. Move that bus. Come on, help me out just for a moment. Move that bus. Move that bus. bus. And it pulls off, and this family sees something that was dead, and now it is alive. Kids are screaming. The dad's like, man, I'll tell you what, I can't believe it. And I love when the woman's like a Christian. She's like, glory! <laughs> they go into the house. There's running water. There's a coffee machine. There's a pool. And like LeBron James is making an omelet. It's incredible. Why do we love it? Because something that was dead comes back to life again. I'm believing God that through the Spirit of God, He will do extreme home makeovers when we want to give up. That's the role of the church. We live our life to move the bus of defeat and hurt so that God's Spirit can change things. And that's resurrection life. Hey, let's be those people and let's be that church. Can I have a good amen? amen? Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Just one moment, church. One of our team is gonna come and help you take that next step. We're gonna worship. But I just wanna take 30 seconds all across this room and you say, Dino, I feel, I feel gone. I feel like it's done. I'm drifting off to sleep. I need freedom. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start in Jesus Christ with every head bowed. I'm not going to have you come forward or stand or do anything like that at this moment. But if you're here today, all across this room, online, at every campus, I, I, need, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start in Jesus. I need life. If that's you, all across this room, I just want to connect with you. Would you lift up your hand? Hands are going up all across this room, all across this room, at every campus, online, in the raised seating, up in the balcony. Hands are going up. You can put that hand down. Let's all pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, let's say it out loud. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you died and that you rose again. So today, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for every person today who raised their hand. I thank you for new beginnings, and I thank you for a fresh start. And Lord, I thank you that today, dead things are coming alive in Jesus' name. Hey, can we clap our hands for all those who made a decision today, New Spring? Come on, clap your hands.